Do you ever find yourself yearning to look beyond the obvious and dreaming about what's possible in your next chapter? Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I'm your host, Jeanette Blissett, former corporate executive who turned the page to become a best-selling author, entrepreneur, designer, and lifestyle business consultant. Episodes feature me and a kaleidoscope of guests who share their journeys with wit, candor, and humor, braving life into real talks about things that matter most. I believe we all have a fire burning within us, waiting to be unleashed and shared with the world. It may just be a matter of time. So let's get together, turn the page, and get this adventure started. Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I'm your host, Jeanette Blissett. Today's guest is Di Manuel. He is an award-winning digital thought leader, an author, distinguished Toastmaster, keynote speaker, former partner, and CEO of a multi-million dollar retail company, and a sought-after lifestyle mentor and executive performance coach. Di knows the struggle of the juggle and keeping his health and happiness a priority. Di, welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. When change happens, it happens, right? When we make up our mind to do something differently, like we just got to start taking action and do the different things. And if you do it enough and frequent enough, that new thing is going to become the thing. And then it eventually gets to a place you just don't think about it anymore. It's who you are. And I always believed that because I had experienced big changes in my life. Like when I got healthy at 15, right? It took me two years to gain what I believed was a healthy lifestyle, but it was two years of work and it set up the rest of my life. So I, health has been a big pillar in my life because of those changes when I was a teenager. So I already had some internal belief that I could make the change, but I said this one was a lot bigger because it was an internal change, not an external change. Because that was one thing I did really well as a teen was I just focused on the exterior. One of the motivations, I just wanted a girlfriend. So I was like, if I could change how I look, maybe a girl will want me. Obviously, I've unpacked all that. I just wanted someone to love me, to want me, to see value in me. And that was perpetuated into my 20s and my early 30s. And all that started to get unpacked by using cognitive behavioral therapy as well as logotherapy, really becoming conscious of what are my behaviors? What are my habits, my patterns? What are some of the triggers? If you think about when do we do a habit, right? It's, oh, I feel hungry in my stomach. There's some hunger pains. Oh, that's a trigger. I should probably eat something. We eat something. Oh, and now there's a result. I feel full. Okay, good. So you can see how that loop works. It works like that in lots of different ways in our lives. And when you start looking at the things that we do consistently and regularly and frequently, there's usually a trigger that puts in motion, right? And then we get a result or a feeling after doing it. When you become hyper aware of some of the aspects of that in your life, you can start to put a plan in place to basically reprogram yourself. Now, the neat thing about logotherapy is though, and for anybody that really wants to dive into sort of the origin story of logotherapy, Dr. Viktor Frankl, his initial work is what basically founded this whole idea of logotherapy, which is all about aligning purpose and meaning in our lives. Because once we get really clear on that and we build an identity around that, it's amazing how much more passion and excitement and energy we have to move forward in our life. And I needed to get some clarity on that. Because you inform everything by what you think about. Correct. It informs everything. Every decision you make, if you think, I'm just going to accept myself the way I am. I like to eat. So I'm just going to eat. And guess what you're going to be doing? You're going to be eating. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> no, totally. Like it's wild when we give into some of those. The easiest way to describe it, it's like that itch, right? There's an itch there and you just reach and you itch it right away. And so it's like instant gratification, right? Instant solution. And I think we live in a culture that quite frankly perpetuates this constant idea that if I want something, I want to change. It should be able to happen quickly. If you think about the habits that have led us down certain paths, it wasn't like we did 
something once. It's not like I went to the gym one time and then all of a sudden I was like, whoa, I'm fit and healthy now. It's like, you know what? I skipped McDonald's one night. Now I'm healthy. Whoa, I had a salad tonight. Yeah, I wish it was that easy. That'd be great, but it's not. It takes consistent effort and work and commitment. And full disclosure, I did try 12-step programs. And I went for a few meetings and I read the literature. I got some books, but I really couldn't reconcile personally this idea that I had to own a label. Like this is going to be a part of my identity forever. That I'm an alcoholic. That I am powerless. Let me think of how they explained it, this person. There's no such thing as a recovering alcoholic. You were just an alcoholic. This That's is how it was explained to me. You're right. And in recovery, and I'm always in recovery. And it's are you ever not? Well, no. Once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. And I was like, no. I was fully aware of every decision to drink. I was aware when I would turn my phone off so I could tell my wife when I get home early in the morning, you know what? Sorry, my phone died. I didn't know. I lost track of time. I was aware of what I was doing. There was nobody holding a gun, nor did the bottle there sitting on the table that the server brings around holding a gun to me saying, hey, drink this. I chose to do it. I was the one buying the rounds. Get real with your role in your own life. Like it's just be completely accountable to your own choices and actions is is the one thing I have to encourage people. If you want to move into a path of change, you have to fully own where you're at and what brought you there. I believe that 100%. In fact, I was on one of these weekend seminars recently and there were several participants. There was one woman who was not really ranting and raving, but she was validating the reason why she felt the way she did based on some things that had happened in her past. At some point in your life, you have to take personal responsibility. Yes, yes. And you have to own it. You have to. Like it's, and I hate using the word have to. I like to say you get to, but as my wife would, my wife's always very quick to correct on the side. She's just, that's her nature. Like we don't even use the four letter C word in our house. Can't. No, we don't say that (laughs) because we choose not to. But we, it's not about we can't do anything. We choose not to do some things. And so these little subtleties, that, that's what I live with. And, and I'm grateful for it. It's interesting, though, but I'm not here to vilify or to say it's not a program that works. It does. But is it for everybody? I don't necessarily believe that. I think it's a very personal journey and change. Whatever way it happens, it's usually a good way, as long as we're very aware of what we're choosing to do. That's a very, very generous and astute way of looking at it, a very compassionate way of looking at it as well. So if it wasn't this 12-step program, die, then what was it? Yeah. For me, it was CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy and logotherapy, but it was also reclaiming my health. That was a huge one. I re-engaged with my passion for fitness. And for me at that time, I really got active in CrossFit to the point that within a few years, I was competing at a national level here in Canada. And I loved it. Eventually, I sustained an injury at the Western Canadian finals. And I was like, okay, you know what? I've been pushing the envelope because my age is going up to, I need to modify how I train and uh, pushing those intensities. You just can't help it. All athletes know this. You push the intensity to win, that margin of error shrinks and the opportunity opportunity for injury cases. So I was rolling the dice. I knew it was going to happen. I'm okay with that because that taught me another valuable life lesson, but that's another day. But health and fitness for me, and in particular, recognizing the nutrition influence that my foods were having on me emotionally and energetically, because we have to, people need to start feeling better. Do you wake up in the morning with energy, hop, skip, and a jump? Or do you mutant your, your phone alarm or the alarm three, four, 10 times? Like, it, I'm telling you right now, there's an opportunity to improve, okay? And so if you double down your efforts on just getting back to a place where your energy's flowing in a healthier way and in a more engaging way, so you're excited, present, you're ready to go, and you have the energy to sustain that, you know what? 
you can handle any changes that come your way. No matter how big that mountain of change looks, you can climb it. There's one important metric that I'd like to just share with people. If you have an activity tracker, I wear an Apple watch. Yeah. And most of these newer activity trackers monitor something called heart rate variability. The acronym's HRV. And if you're not familiar with that, I've written, I don't know, half dozen articles on my website, just diamondwell.com. If you type in HRV in the search function, you'll find it. But if you learn to monitor just even that one metric, it gives you a great idea on not only your, but also your mental fitness just to handle life, activity, and all the things that are involved from waking to sleeping. <laughs> Everything that happens in between those two bookends, HRV is a window into whether or not you're ready yeah, and I handle do. the stress. I do look at that. That's Good. one of the first things I do in the morning is Love it. pull up the, the app and Good. then of course make it sync. And that's a good thing. That's just one little way to monitor and see the trends. So when you start making these changes, there's going to be days where you're like, oh man, I don't feel like I'm changing. I don't feel like there's any progress. I actually feel like I'm going backwards. And it's, no, it's okay. You might feel like that, but just monitor the data. Yeah. Monitor the trends. Yeah. You might be dipping today, but you know what? Where you dropped today, you were started way down here. So you're new buying right? Is actually higher than where you were before. So just give yourself some grace, some understanding, some love. The awareness of that is important. I woke up every morning thinking, oh my God, I feel Mm. terrible. I don't know how I would make it through the day, but that's not how I wake up. I wake up good morning, Thursday. Love that. Just really grateful. (laughs) (laughs) And even if I'm moving a little slower, I think to myself, okay, so I'm moving a little slower. I wonder what the reason for that is. So let's really look at this. Did you drink enough water yesterday? I'm looking for reasons as to why I feel that way. And then what I need to do in the new day to make sure that I get on track, the track that I want to be on. So the hyper-awareness piece yeah. It's critical. However, this is another thing that we need to talk about before we close up our meeting is how to balance all the kinds of things that you want to accomplish. As you see, the juggling mm-hmm. of all of these things that you know you want to accomplish and still live life worth living. I'll give you the easy answer. And this is as simple as I can make this. Forget time management. Forget about it. You can't grab hold of time. I've tried, okay? You can't buy it off a shelf. You can't put it in your back pocket for later. I'm sorry. You cannot grab it. It's intangible. But what's not intangible is your commitment of how you're going to use your time. So get really good at commitment management. So think about your week. And this is an exercise I do every Sunday with my wife and my kids. We look at our week ahead and we time block everything. Like personal time, exercise, health time. Even if we have special events, the kids have special tests. Like we just get everything blocked out. So we know what we're committed to or committing to. And the neat thing is I also color code on my calendar. They don't necessarily do it in my family, but I love doing it because I'm a very visual person. So I'll use pink for any of my family commitments. I will use light green for any conversations that I'm going to have, like a podcast. I will use dark green for client calls. I like to use red for my fitness commitments. Now, the neat thing is once I've blocked out my week, I can look at that and see, holy smokes, I've got very little red blocked in this week. So that means I don't have very much health and fitness committed to this week. I should balance that out. I got to add one or two more in. So I'm going to work a little workout in here and I'm going to go for a nice afternoon walk here. Great. Now it's blocked in. That's looking a little bit more balanced. So rather than dealing with this intangible battle that we have with our time and how we're leveraging our time is get really clear on how you're committing to use the time. And I find that's a simple way to get really clear on being able to look at your week in a way that gives you a very clear understanding of where there might be imbalances or where you may not be focusing enough energy. And that's the easiest way I could describe it because you're taking inventory, you're taking control of your time. It's the easiest way to take something that's subjective and make it very objective. 
perspective. I think that is the piece that helps the awareness because you can't argue it now. You can't say, oh, I forgot. I lost track of time. Like how many times do we hear that? Oh, I missed it. I'm so sorry. No, I, I even use a little readers. It syncs with my phone. My phone pops up. It gives me like oh, three yeah. reminders before an appointment. It's like one hour, 15 minutes, five minutes. Like I've set it up. Like we can leverage technology to support us in these commitments that we're making. But whatever system we use, just make it something that you can use consistently. Those who may be struggling with the juggling of family, career, other responsibilities and things of that nature, the intentionality behind planning it is really where it begins. And say, for instance, you don't go for that walk and you look at your counseling. Yeah, I didn't go for that walk. Have a plan of action. What I like to invite people just to piggyback what you just said, because I think it's so poignant is is this idea. If you start seeing a lot of these missed commitments and you find yourself saying for tomorrow, realize pretty soon you're just going to have a pocket full of yesterdays and a lot of probably some negative emotions attached to the this feeling of I'm either lying to myself or I'm failing. It's a real sure way to make yourself very discouraged and ultimately maybe quit before you've really gotten going. So my biggest thing I encourage people is just give yourself a lot of grace, a lot of understanding. Don't be hard on yourself. And if you miss it today, that's okay. But make a promise to yourself that you won't miss it again and then follow through. And that's all you can do is just follow through. There's nobody else that's going to judge you for it. Nobody. Because really nobody cares. And I don't mean to be negative or cynical, but at the end of the day, it's on you. If I could find a career where people say, die, we're going to pay you to just do self-care every day. I'd be like, okay, sign me up. I'm in. But I haven't found a position that's willing to pay me to look after myself. So I have to take that on myself. And everybody else does. And so have fun with it. Gosh, we got one go at this. Maybe we got more. I don't know yet. I'll let you know later. But I'm just saying that we got one go. Make the most of it. Have some fun. That's injected through a lot of your conversations, having fun. Yes. And building that rock solid foundation. So you have yeah. to find your joy somewhere. Yes. Thank you for you saying know, that. Then develop some type of consistency with love that. The thing that has made the biggest difference in my life is really finding something that I love to do and can do consistently for a longer period of time. If I committed to running 10 miles, I'd sustain it for like less than a half a minute. To me, it's, it's really more about longevity. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. On the long term, for long term, not for a short period of time. So having fun doing what you like to do as it relates to moving your body, let's say, those kinds of things are important to me. It sounds like the same with you. Absolutely. It's all, many years ago, I made a pivot, especially when I, my 40th year on this planet, I realized I had to change how I was doing things. And for me, my focus became on vitality, but more importantly, how that fed into my longevity. And so, yeah, I, I want to live to 130, 140 or beyond. Sure, why not? But I, I don't want those last years to be spent not having fun, not enjoying myself, not having a quality lifestyle life. And that's all on us. Again, who knows? And I'm not here to be a doomsayer or whatnot, but we have to take full accountability for our own health. And once we do, it's amazing. Once you get into that flow and it becomes part of your lifestyle, you don't have to think about it anymore. You just wake up and you do certain things, but you do certain things because they make you feel good. And it actually makes you show up differently with everybody else too. It does. And that's what, I think that's the piece that is missing, or maybe it's just a lack of knowing how you can feel when it becomes something that is just an integral part of your life. It's part of your lifestyle to drink the water, to eat food that serves you well, when it's your lifestyle, then it's second nature. That's right. Correct. That's what happens. One last question I have for you. Sure. Sure. You have something that is a special thing that happens on Monday evenings. It's Worship Monday. That's right. I want to ask you, not to say that I would need to be in that meeting because I know (laughs) men are invited to that, but what kind of 
you guys talk about? We've got a Vegas mentality. So it's what happens at the meetings stays at the meetings. But I share my own personal experiences. And that's what we always encourage is you can always talk about your own personal experience, but don't share other people's. I can tell you some of the themes that are recurring. And it's what we all deal with. It's not just men. It's everybody. But there are certain stigmas and stereotypes associated with men that were definitely challenged under the guise or the premise of what does it mean to be a great man? That, that question, what does that mean to me, to you, to us as a community, to us as a global part of this equation of humanity? Like as a gender, what does it mean? And there isn't a, a right or wrong answer to it, I believe, but it is boiled down to values. And so a lot of conversations stem around emotions and mental health parenting, careers, but most importantly, just we're all seeking better connection. And here's the most interesting thing. This is one thing that I observed very early on when we started up the groups was it always takes one man to be vulnerable first, to open up the floor or more importantly, the discussion for others to also be vulnerable. It always takes one person to go first. And that person that goes first, man, it's always exciting because you know that they're at a much different place now where they are experiencing this confidence to be able to express themselves a little bit more openly. But there's also trust in that space that we're holding that they can share something that maybe they've never shared before with anybody. And when we make that available and we share that openly, and all of a sudden we see a handful of other guys put up their hands to single, I get you, me too. Holy smokes. All of a sudden you realize this challenge or this problem, this thing that I've been keeping inside, feeling guilty or shameful or resenting of my life, no one will understand me. I don't tell anybody this because they're going to judge me. They'll hold it against me. No one gets it. No one will understand my problems. And then you open up about it. And all of a sudden you've got a bunch of other people saying, gosh, I have had the same struggle. Or you know what? I had that same struggle about five years ago. Here's what I experienced. And this is what I did. And this was helpful. Very cool. But it's amazing because we realize we're not alone in our suffering. And I think that's the misnomer. We all believe that our problems, no one will get us. I used to believe that. Okay. That's exactly what I believe. So I wouldn't tell anybody. Then when I started opening up, I was like, oh man, we're all dealing with the exact same stuff. What have we been doing all these years? Just trying to bump our heads up against the wall and do this on our own when we could all be helping each other. And that's the premise. That is why Mentorship Mondays is what it is. And uh, it's free for anybody to attend. We run three on Zoom, Eastern time zone. So an ST, a PST. We also have a UK time. So we have a UK group as well. Those are facilitated Mondays at seven o'clock. You pick your time zone you want to come to and uh, away we go. And if anyone wants to join, please send me a message, a DM or whatnot through Instagram. Just I'll be sure to send you the links. If you can't find it, it's in the profile links as well. I'll I'll make it easy for people to show up. But thanks for asking that question, by the way. Absolutely. I was going to say the nice thing about women, because we're just following their lead. We're just trying to catch up to something that they've always been doing. But you've got lots of choices. You've got plenty of groups to choose from. Where I find with men, it's becoming more popular though. There's a lot more men's groups showing up now, way more than ever before. And that makes me feel really happy and very optimistic about the future. Because I also look at all the major problems in the world. And it seems to be always a man at the head of that good or bad or ugly, whatever. I'm just saying, I'm just going to leave it at that. I think these meetings and these groups and these communities are needed and, uh, or else men just have to leave the table and let women take over. That's what I actually think. I'd rather give my daughters the keys to the kingdom because I think they will do a much better job than everybody else. Even if they don't know what to do, they'll still do a better job because their hearts are in it. You know what I mean? And, uh, and they're not motivated by money, power or whatnot. Another conversation. Sorry. I didn't mean to bring politics in there. I hate talking politics. My apologies. You can't get away from it. It just is what it is. It really yeah. is. But again, I enjoyed this time with you, Dara. It's been Me a too. pleasure getting to know you. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. And I will make sure that all of your connect with information is in the show notes. Is there anything that you want to share before we close out our talk? You know what? Just this has been wonderful, but more importantly, just technology, Jeanette. Like you creating the space for these types of conversations to happen and for all of us on the outside to be little flies on the wall, to be participants, observant, as well as hearing, not just listening, but hearing these messages. I just want to say thank you. What 
you're putting out in the world is much needed. And uh, there's this scale, right? When we look at media and unfortunately the negativity has been far away in the positive. So we need more people like you to change the scale. And I just want to say thank you because you're leading by a great example. I appreciate that. And so are you. I appreciate oh, time and everything that you're doing right now because that energy, as I said, when we first opened up, is just coming right through the screen. Thank you. It's easy to reciprocate what I'm getting because I just give it back. Thank you. Thanks much. If you've enjoyed part one of this episode, check Di out at diemanuel.com. That's D-A-I-M-A-N-U-E-L.com. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Next Chapter Experience. If you have already subscribed, rated, and left a review, or shared this podcast with a friend, many, many thanks. For questions, comments, or feedback, reach out to me at Jeanette Lissette at nextchapterexperience.com. We'll be back with more conversations, so until then, keep that fire burning.